Uganda signs power sharing agreement with South Sudan and Nigerian stocks hold five-day rally. From over 975 cities and 124 countries, Kush Investments brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Tsula Diale. For more, follow us on Twitter at DK Financial, and you can find me at Tsula underscore Diale. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. Uganda has signed a power-sharing agreement with South Sudan, enabling the East African country to purchase power generated in Uganda. Signed by Ruth Nangabira, Minister of Energy and Mineral Development of Uganda, and her South Sudanese counterpart Peter Marcelo in Juba on June 27th in the presence of South Sudan President Salva Kiir. The agreement paves the way for the two countries to fast-track the development of the 400 kilovolts Oluio Juba transmission line, currently operating at 132 kilovolt. To enable the transportation of electricity generated in Uganda to power the South Sudanese towns of Kaya and Nimula. Joining us once again is analyst and managing partner with Oris Consulting, Akol Doc. Now, Akol, what are the current needs of South Sudan? As you see, South Sudan just recently signed an agreement with Uganda to uh, conduct a 400 kV uh, transmission line. And the objective of this transmission line to ensure that power is uh, provided to border towns of Numuli and Kaya. I think the biggest impact of this is going to be that many residents in the area are going to have access to affordable electricity. Right now, many people are using generators and they're using uh, solar panels to provide with themselves electricity. And many of those are the more privileged people who have access to uh, resources that enable them to do these things. Another thing is that in these areas, when you have more electricity, uh, it's going to create markets, and this is going to create opportunities for uh, industrialization, for tourism, and being a border town. If you have high quality and affordable electricity, you can now start building an industry and building markets that encourage people. So I think these are some of the needs for South Sudan, to have high, affordable electricity. Right now, most of the electricity across South Sudan is through generators. In Juba, you have um, a power a power scheme, uh, which is uh, run through by JETCO, which is Juba Electric. Juba Electricity Distribution Company, which deals with power. And this power is using generators and heavy oil. And so it's very expensive. And many of the residents decry the high cost. And it's one of the most expensive power, uh, one of the highest rates of power in the country, I mean, the continent. So right now, what I say, what South Sudan needs, South Sudan immediately needs to have access to affordable and high quality power. And the plan is that the distance between Numuli and Juba, they can drag this transmission line all the way to Juba to offer an alternative to the Juba, uh, to JETCO, which is the Juba uh, Electricity Distribution Company, which is managed by the by Ezra in partnership with the government. And people have complained about the high prices. So if you have an alternative, then you can reduce the cost of electricity, putting more money in people's pockets, but also creating a conducive environment for industry. A lot of industries can come to build factories. They can come to uh, invest in real estate and the cost of living will go down. And what are the benefits of fast tracking the transmission line for both countries? The benefits to this are twofold. Number one, uh, Uganda will begin to receive uh, hard currencies and receive money for this power transmission line. And this is going to definitely help Uganda's balance of payments because now they're going to be exporting power to neighboring South Sudan, which is a plus for Uganda. South Sudan will be receiving uh, cheap and affordable electricity uh, as, uh, as opposed to using generators, using solar panels. They're going to have uh, power 
that's come from transition lines and this power is going to be uh, more efficient and more reliable so that's the positive for both the countries and of course as sisterly countries do two countries have a great relationship and this is a good way to cement the relationship and encourage more economic cooperation and infrastructure cooperation Moving over to the markets, the market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. Ghana's consumer inf- inflation edged up again to 42.5% in annual terms in June from 42.2% in May, driven partly by higher food inflation data from the statistics service showed on Wednesday. The West African nation is trying to emerge from its worst economic crisis in a generation and is restructuring its debt. Inflation accelerated slightly in May from 41.2% in April, after declining for four consecutive months from a more than two-decade high of 52.1% in December. The International Monetary Fund has approved a $3 billion support package for Ghana and said last month that its economy was showing signs of stabilization. Authorities asked the IMF for help in July last year after rampant inflation spurred street protests. And now for a quick trip around Africa. Renewable energy will account for just 20% of South Africa's power mix by the end of this decade, according to Ristead Energy Analysis, highlighting the uphill battle the nation faces in its pursuit of decarbonization. South Africa had targeted lifting the share of renewable energy will account for just 20% of South Africa's power mix by the end of this decade, according to Ristead Energy Analysis, highlighting the uphill battle the nation faces in its pursuit of decarbonization. South Africa had targeted lifting the share of renewable energy in its power mix from 11% currently to 41% by 2030 by increasing onshore wind and solar capacity, both of which have shown significant growth in recent years. However, rising demand and new additions to its Asian coal power infrastructure mean that hitting the renewables target looks increasingly unlikely. By 2030, power generation in South Africa is expected to increase by more than 40%, soaring from approximately 210 terawatt hours currently to 300 terawatt hours by the decade's end. Although significant investments have been made in advancing renewable energy capacity and paving the way for a cleaner power mix, the current pipeline of onshore wind projects especially is unlikely to support its ambitious targets. At present, coal dominates South Africa's power mix, accounting for more than 80% of electricity generation. As well as being populating South Africa's reliance on aging coal power plants has led to frequent breakdowns and maintenance problems, triggering widespread blackouts across the country. Natural gas and battery storage are obvious choices that come with their own challenges. Gas turbines with their fast ramp-up rates and relatively low costs provide flexibility in supplying power when renewable sources are not available. Large-scale battery storage can also play a pivotal role in storing excess energy for use when demand spikes. These technologies will be essential for ensuring a reliable and stable power supply as South Africa seeks to increase the share of renewables in its generation mix. The Nigerian Stock Exchange slipped about 2.5% to close at 64.047 on Wednesday, halting the five consecutive sessions of advances on profiting after a recent rally that sent the main index to multi-year highs. Stocks in Nigeria have rallied over 20% since the end of May when President Bola Tinubu took office and unveiled a series of reforms to boost the country's economy. He has ended a fuel subsidy that cost $10 billion last year, removed a controversial central bank governor, eased foreign exchange controls and initiated an overhaul of Nigeria's chronically 
chronically inadequate power industry. On the corporate front, top decliners on the boards were First Bank Holding, Lender FCMB, NEMB Insurance and the conglomerate Transcorp, each falling 10%, the maximum allowed on the exchange. In the meantime, heavyweight Dangote Cement shed 9.6%. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social medias, platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at Tillo underscore DLA.